Parents Pod. Welcome to Pet Parents Pod, the podcast for and by pet parents. I'm Danielle. I'm Heath. I'm Kip. And we have a special guest on for today's topic. You want to introduce yourself? Hi, it's me, the number one fan. Number one? that title with love. (laughs) (laughs) It is my big sister, April, back for another episode, actually introducing us into the official spooky month of October. Yes. This will air on the first Monday. And I thought we'd go classic Pet Parents Pod where we have some sort of couple themed episodes for the month. Yeah. And this theme is a witch familiar, (laughs) which we kind of touched a little bit on the superstition episode Mm -hmm. way, way back. But I thought, oh, well, maybe there's enough in here to do a full episode. Then I kind of looked around online and I was like, all this is just talking about the Salem witch trials. I don't know. Let me go see if I can find a real witch. Oh, hi. It's me, your sister. The witch you've known for the last 20 years. So I went, hey, real witch I know. I've known you for 30 years. Maybe you weren't practicing. That's my age. Yeah, that's my age. (laughs) No, that's my age. I didn't say your age. Because I haven't known you as long as you've been alive. I've only known you as long as I've been alive. I've only been a witch for 20 years. Yeah, I was was correcting myself then. Maybe you weren't practicing. Oh, that's fair. Well, in your yeah, I'm 33. Oh, I'm 34. I mean, I oh, guess nice. they didn't they didn't raise you as a witch, so no. that's fair. No, I, no, not your family. Oh, I always knew in my heart of hearts you were a witch. Well, <laughs> I knew there was this dark cloud hanging over you that I could see. <laughs> when I saw you take the nutmeg and cinnamon out of the kitchen and build circles, now that's never happened. Salt, oh my salt gosh. circles. Okay, well, there's a lot of uh, superstition and and. Uh, misinformation about what is a familiar and so yeah like when you when you hit me up you're like hey what do you know about which is familiars I'm like what don't I know about which is familiars <laughs> so do you want to start by I guess giving your credentials on the knowledge of witchcraft sure. um, so <laughs> I that was like quick disclaimer about like who I am what I am um I am one of thousands of witchy practitioners out in the world Specifically, I am an eclectic, solitary Wiccan. Um, Wiccan, Wiccans are a branch of paganism, which is a modern nature-based religion. And all Wiccans are pagan. Not all pagans are Wiccan. I specifically follow a branch of paganism that uh, is heavily influenced by a man named uh, Gerald Gardner who came out with a book called Witchcraft Today in the 1950s, and it spawned a lot of recreationalist um, paganism movements following those specific systems. I currently have a membership with the Temple of Witchcraft, which was started by Christopher Penzak mm-hmm. in the 90s, who learned underneath Laura Cabot, who was a very big practicing witch in the 80s, and she learned from so-and-so and so on. Um, Wicca is a hereditary religion in that you kind of follow your teacher has credentials like you follow a teacher who has credentials Um, I also do not represent the temple's philosophies during this podcast these are my personal experiences and beliefs nor am I speaking for the temple of witchcraft uh, but this is my primary foundation and where I get a lot of my own education from and, you know, I, I'm eclectic, so that means that I've pulled my experiences through many years of study. And unlike certain Abrianic religions that have a big base with a centralized leader, Wicca doesn't have that. Okay, I'm a flavor of Wicca. Somebody else can be Wiccan and have a totally different path to how they got there. All are equally valid if you put the work and the time in and you've been doing the personal search and research on it, then it is just as valid. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mainly just wanted a small blurb there because I know everyone's a little different with the way Wiccan, paganism, all that stuff works. So this is the particular flavor we're coming from for this episode and it's a personal take and also just whatever we're going to talk about because we always stay 100% on subject. I I, I actually didn't know that about Wiccanism. 
Wiccanology. Wiccanology. I'm a Wiccanologist. I'm majoring in Wiccanism. But I actually find that to be incredibly in line with the centuries of pagan tradition that came from early European tribes because they didn't actually have written traditions. Yes. Um, so I, I respect that a lot. I think that's yeah. uh, pretty dope. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> um, what's interesting is the word familiar. Like when we talk about familiars, that wasn't really something that witches called uh, the creatures that most people think of as familiar. So let's let's talk about like the term for a minute here. The term familiar comes from, like, a familiar spirit, which was uh, actually a Christian creation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of what modern pagans do is we take terms and different uh, labels that were associated with us and we kind of reclaim it. Right. So it's that, it's kind of hard not to do that nowadays because Christianity is basically like a fire that burned through so many cultures. Well, you, know? you got to be very specific because there's lots and lots of different flavors of Christianity as well. Like, exactly. There's the more fundamental Christianity that the United States is familiar with, like this sort of fundamental kind of... Uh, well, you have the major branches like Catholicism, Baptist, well, Protestant. Well, those Protestants would say Catholicism is yeah. not Christianity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They get, so they get big. Ma- I got I, yelled I, I, at on the I internet wanna, about that one. Just summarizing. I just wanna, like, from yeah. this, first of all, like, no, anyone listening, there's no judgment on like what you're specifically practicing. I'm just speaking on the subject yeah, no. of familiars and how how that goes. But familiars were seen as a way to accuse people of witchcraft during what a lot of modern witches call the burning times. Right. The burning times is a a series of inquisition, but here's the thing about witchcraft, and this is something that I, I try to make sure a lot of people know, a lot of the witch trials were not actually about witchcraft. And a lot of the witch crawls were 100% about getting land, power, and property. Most of the people who were accused of being witches were older, cunning women in a village, or men, or anybody who you really didn't like and had the ability to accuse of something blindly. And so let's say you've got an old lady living out in the woods and she's feeding, you know, the birds. And they'll say, oh, well, we've seen owls around her. The owls are her familiars. This is proof that she has uh, made a manif- or manifested a contract with Satan. That is an imp. And it is proof that we can kill her. So the original familiar was not the way that they're portrayed now by Hollywood. Like Hollywood and a lot of media will be like, oh, Look at this woman with her black cat. Her black cat is her familiar. It gives her powers. And it is because she is a witch that she has this this creature following her around. When, honestly, it's just like a bastardization of, of people who are good with animals. Yeah. And I find that most people who are good with animals are not good with people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I also am of the personal theory that a lot of the people that were considered witches were really just our regular neurodivergence out in the woods minding their business. And since they thought about the world a little differently and were a little different and liked animals more than people, it became like a label. Like, oh, we're going to slap this on you. You know, like you are out here at the boarding with uh, black cats or mm-hmm. toads or snakes, or whatever creature it is. And we're going to call that familiar. This is the familiar spirit of the devil. You are evil, therefore we're going to take your house and, hey, look at this sweet piece of property that you're on that happens to be useful for us. So, So, out of curiosity, what is... You're talking a lot about the history or what people perceived as familiars. Is there an actual definition for familiars or is it a construct that 
people made to accuse people of witchcraft and then it's just been adopted in media and uh, fiction as a cool, fun, my best friend, the animal, soul spirit type thing. That is my question. Okay, so I want to make sure I understand your question. Are you asking if familiars have a definition or if familiar is just a word that's evolved? I guess, is there an official definition in actual, or at least your flavor of paganism, your flavor of witchcraft, or is it always been kind of a made-up thing that might have been um, re-appropriated by the religion? I personally think that modern witches see familiars as their pets. Um, okay. Like, that's what I think now what the word means. But historically, it was a word that meant, you know, extra spirit associated with person. Yeah. But was, so if, was that a word that the witches back then actually associated with, or did outsiders go, ah, you got a familiar, burn it? Uh, from what I can tell in my research, um, the word familiar, like that phrase, was definitely one used by accusers. Now, yeah. that's not to say that there aren't some practitioners who would identify As having a, a supernatural relationship with a creature. Okay. Um, I do think that that happens. I think that that happens even now. Uh, people, but mostly... When you think of a of that type of relationship, and you know, disclaimer, I'm just going off of my experiences. It's not a living creature so much as it's like the ghost or the spirit of a creature that has passed, and okay. that always kind of moves into ancestor worship and ancestor veneration and honoring the energy of a location mm. and the energy of something that you've put work into. Because you have to kind of, it, my theory is that you kind of have to have lived a life to get power afterwards to influence right. things. Because the idea that I follow is one that can be summed up of as above, so below. Now, if you want to go on, I said this earlier and I'll say it again. I believe that a lot of witchcraft is just spicy psychology. Mm-hmm. A lot of spell work is like prayer, just more ritualized and with a few more steps to make it feel more concrete. So, in if you are going, say, say I am going to, uh, say I am going to be taking a test, and I want to feel a energetic connection to success with this test. So I'm going to burn candles that correspond with doing well or focusing or studying and I'm going to burn those candles while I study and I'm going to um, you know have a picture of my sweet long lost bird next to there and I'm going to ask the spirit of the bird to like you know watch over me while I take this test and then I study okay you need both sides you need the studying and you need the candles because then You've created a energetic link between you and the universe. You've said, okay, I'm putting, I'm manifesting this goal. I'm putting the work in. That's the below. I'm letting you know what I need. That's the above. And then together, I'm going to meet this goal. Now, yeah. need the candles? I don't know. Maybe it's Dumbo's magic feather. But just because it's Dumbo's magic feather doesn't mean that the elephant wasn't flapping his ears and flying. Right. Dumbo's <laughs> <laughs> magic feather. So, I get what you're saying. Um, it Okay, so I think you just answered one of the questions that I was going to ask, though, because I was, was going to ask what kind of candle, but I think that pretty much sums it, it up. It can be yeah. any candle. Yeah. <laughs> Do you believe if, in the candle? It, it works. It, 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 no. I said, if you believe in the candle, it works, basically. Mm. Basically, yeah. And the same thing with familiars, in my opinion. If you believe that your cat can, you know, protect you from some evil shadow in the corner then by golly, that's a good shadow-protecting cat, and I'm not going to get in the way of you and your cat having that kind of close relationship. Love that. Um, 
It seems to fall into a lot of the psychology of pets basically being good for, like, anxiety and depression in many ways. An emotional support pet. Yeah, because they uh, <laughs> An emotional help. support familiar. Yeah. I'm a, I'm I a... mean, historically speaking, there actually is um, a well-known historical familiar. Oh. Of, uh, let's see, I haven't pulled up. Prince Rupert. Okay. Oh, oh I, I did Prince run Rupert. across this story in my light research. Yes, yeah. this is yes. good. Prince Rupert's dog, Boy, who was a poodle, mm-hmm. which is where poodles get the reputation of being magical dogs, ironically. Yeah. One of the reasons I have a poodle. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, he would go to battle and it would win. And so they say that he that the dog didn't die by normal means, that it was, like, supernatural means that took him out. Wow. Is the dog a familiar? Maybe. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe it's just the belief in the dog that made him the familiar. Yeah. And, um, we, I mean, we covered a similar animal like this. I forget the monarch, but the cat's name was Lucky, and the day mm-hmm. after the cat died, the mm-hmm. king... Charles, maybe King something, Charlemagne. Uh, I don't remember because I don't have my research notes on it. But after Lucky died the next day, King got overthrown and died. Yep, like killed yep. in a mutiny. Yeah. So it was like, hmm, Black Cat was lucky because it was a black cat. It's one of the few black cats during the time period where he's like, this is my beautiful black kitty who's yes. I've named Lucky. Oh, so that is such a classic. <laughs> Yeah, it's in our super cat. If, if people want to hear that actual story, it's in the superstition part one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. Um, if you want to look at familiars in books, have any of y'all read Philip Pullman's *The Dark Material* series? Yeah, no. It's the Golden Compass show. Oh yeah, I've seen the movie *Demons*. Yes, yeah. which so. in Linux is also a process that runs. Um, they actually named the Linus, the guy who who built Linux, the operating yeah. system, called it Daemons. Actually, no, I was Linus. It might have been a Unix thing. But either way, when they word for Daemons, they use that based on Golden Compass. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what's interesting is Philip Pullman took a lot of his imagery from like the Catholic Church, and the books themselves were actually kind of like anti-religious, anti-establishment books. Right. But one of the important aspects of it was that I feel like he really, in fiction, encapsulated what the spirit of having a familiar is. In um, his Dark Materials, in Lyra's world, because he kind of had a multiverse thing mm-hmm. going on where there were different universes with different rules. Yeah. In Lyra's universe, she's the main character of Golden Compass and uh, a protagonist in Subtle Knife and how oh, was the third book? Uh, I guess any of the third books. I, I cried like a baby at the end of the third book. But um, Lyra has a soul, and her soul basically lives outside of her body. Yeah. And that soul is the demons. All of the people in Lyra's world have these um, these creatures that represent who they are mm-hmm. with them at all times. And there's like this big link. And in the third book, there's a very significant scene where Lyra has to cross the River Styx and she has to leave her diamond, her, her daemon on the shore and be separated from him. And it makes her sick to her stomach and she, she cries horribly after it's done. But later, at the end of the book, she's reunited with it and it is her, her soul has the ability to travel through her body and that is something that she becomes um, in common with the actual witches, and all of the witches' familiars are geese or swans, and their souls can leave them and come back. And so it's this um, metaphorical journey of, well, is a a familiar is supposed to be so connected to you that you feel them even when they're not there. They feel you even when you're not there. They can take instructions from you even if you're not close. And that's why I say, okay, well, this is more of a metaphysical kind of symbolic thing. That's what a familiar is, magically and metaphorically speaking, is it's more symbolic of that sort of mindset of 
well, my soul is going to affect change somewhere outside of my body, somewhere outside of who I am. And that's why I don't really see pets as familiars. That's like where I kind of go. Now, if you, you know, I have a good friend um, who's in my pagan circle and she has seen and witnessed occasions where her passed away cats have shown up in very significant times in her life where she'll look up and there's the ghost of her cat and then she blinks and it's gone. And you could make the argument, well, maybe they're dealing with grief, what have you, but it, it's, it's always like after time has passed, significant life events, she will see the ghost of, of her cat. And, and she, hadn't, wow. she hadn't just woken up. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like you're, you're doing things, you're minding your business. You hear something, you look up, there's the cat, you blink and it's gone. Kind wow. of. Now you could always, of course, I know that we don't necessarily have believers in this podcast, but you know, you can make the argument, oh, you're under a lot of stress. Your mind is creating this for you. But if you are a believer and you are I mean, a legit practitioner. Seeing your cat, even for just a second. I'm, I'm, you know, That's... The, I'm the skeptic of the podcast. But what I would say in regards, <laughs> I'm skeptical. To, I think too. all, yeah, yeah. I think all three of us have skeptical features. You go ahead, what, and then I'll say my piece. Yeah, what I, um, my, my thoughts on that is basically that, you know, I am more than happy to say that I don't know where these phenomenons come from, if they yeah. originate from the brain or if there's something more that's causing them. I'm, I'm perfectly happy to say, I don't know, right. you know, mm. and, and it kind of makes me feel like at peace with other people's beliefs in that respect, because like, you know, I'm not, uh, I am not a scientist. That's for right. sure. So I, I find it fascinating more than anything. I love phenomena like that. Well, the one thing I find fascinating about that type of phenomenon, which you can put up to a belief, which I think is a very easy, comforting thing for a lot of people to do, but it's also very fascinating to understand how humans actually see the world. Most people think they see it with their eyes, but mm -hmm. all you see with your eyes are signals, and then your brain interprets signals, which is how, and it's the same with hearing to a degree, that's how we have auditory and um uh, visual hallucinations is because yep. it's something your brain sees. So and it compiles all that data yeah. into your conscious Just, experience, which what is, even is that at yes, all? Oh I, my God. I remember <laughs> learning that in basically science class. And then like the teacher used an example of like colorblind people, but then mm. also it's like, that could mean like the blue you see is not the blue other people see is a very oh, simple. That was my first about. thought experiment when yeah. I was like, four or five years old i tried to explain it to my parents and they couldn't understand what i was saying to them yeah 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 <laughs> i was like but but what if i see blue and you see a blue but it's purple and they were like i don't i don't know what you're yeah <laughs> a smart little toddler yeah i don't understand uh, i did want to sidebar really quick. okay i know sidebar. we never sidebar and we'll come back wanna, we'll come I, back to the ghost I, cat i want to circle back around to what i said before about daemons because if i don't correct myself the tech community may come after me i did double check and um the uh word daemon in unix did not come from the golden compass it was a word that was built for Unix. It wasn't for Linux. Right. And it was from the Massachusetts, Inst Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And they used the word based on Mac Maxwell's demon, which is a, an imaginary agent in physics and thermodynamics. So not at all involved with the book. My bad. Correction on my part. Okay. A continuing. <laughs> so, um, your friend with the ghost cat, continue yes. your statement, April. You know, all I was going to say is that, like, whenever she would have those sort of visitations from the cat, mm -hmm. it's like the answer to the problem she was wrestling with or the issue she was going through would resolve itself. Mm. Oh. So, it, it, it hasn't happened very often, and it's, like, over big things, like job changes, um, dealing with grief from something else, dealing with just, oh. like, really hard times, and it's, like, it'll show up. Now, I also want to make a point that different, I'm speaking 
specifically right now when I talk about familiars from a European culture. Right. Okay, but there are indigenous cultures all over that have yeah. traditions that talk about um, spirit animals. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I, I'm sure a lot of us are familiar with the different native tribes that have totem spirits. Mm-hmm. So this can this kind of falls into that like familiar zone where like there is a totem spirit that they have gone through a very specific set of rituals within the you know within the culture and traditions of their people to contact and induce a type of um, like uh, psychological state where mm-hmm. they're able to reach that ancestor. Um, there's also, of course, the Japanese in Japanese Shinto. There's the Shinto idea allows of the animal spirits. Yeah. yeah. Well, Japan is known as like the land of a million spirits. Like every grain All of rice yokai. has a spirit. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Paul. Didn't right. mean to interrupt. Yeah. Oh no, you're fine. Like <laughs> they call them, they call them kamis. Like mm-hmm. there, there's a kami of oh, the yeah. trees and a kami of an animal. And I love the bird kamis. Exactly. <laughs> those and are turtle those, kamis. Yeah. I love them. <laughs> They're so cute. Everything then, in Japan is either horrifying or adorable. Yeah, it's or a no mix of both. <laughs> I think there's a mix of both. Um, Siberians have uh, different spirits as well, like part of like, you know, they, they call them Ayamis. Mm. And then I was talking to, hold on, I pulled the notes so I quote them correctly. Um, I was before the podcast, I went to, I, I'm in several discords and several like message boards. And I put the question, I was like, Hey guys, I'm going to do a podcast with my sister. We're going to talk about familiars, history. Do y'all know of any folklore that might not be mainstream? And my friend Kamiyama is Roma. And they told me that Romans don't have familiars, but they believe that the spirit of the deceased hangs around for three days after death. It's important to note that in Roma culture, men are not supposed to dabble in witchcraft, and traditionalists believe that they can't actually access magic. So oh, men who practice ha-ha. are only able to manipulate the recently dead. The stories have often have the dead represented as a wolf pack with the Mula Negro, which is a male magic worker, but it literally means necromancer, oh. as the alpha still in human form. So different yeah. cultures have... That's different neat. animal spirit connections within their own lore and folklore. That's a neat one. Yeah, I, I like that one, especially since I was like, "Oh, it's a necromancer," and then you're like, "Wolf pack." I'm like, "It's a wolf necromancer," <laughs> because I think also like part of their funeral tradition is you're not supposed to keep something from the deceased. It's all supposed to be burned because it could tie the spirit back to the earth or something like that. I think. Um, that I is something for that because Kamiyama only told me what no, I No, no, you're fine. This but... is something I think I have heard in passing and I'm not sure how accurate it is because I don't remember the source I learned this from. It could have been a bastardization of something because as we all know, from certain Peaky Blinders or something. Uh well, no, I knew it before Peaky Blinders. Okay. Like this is something I read either in yeah, a book or another cultural thing, but I also don't know how accurate it is because of the large scale media does not necessarily portray um smaller groups and cultures accurately. Yeah. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. Like they have I actual say, people Danielle, who write I've it. heard of um, in feng shui, I've heard in Chinese cultures and things like being careful about what you keep around, like after a person's past, like what you're able to keep and what you're, what needs to be cleansed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it kind of moves back into like the question of like, okay, well, what is a familiar exactly? It's evolved. Like the whole idea around it has evolved, and I think a lot of that is because people have evolved. We are now in a era of high technological connectivity Mm -hmm. and so our ideas of like what we're connected to are very different than if we were in the 14th 13th 12th century and having to survive with only animals as uh other than humans being like our companions like i just think a lot of that has has to do with one another um 
We interrupt this program to bring you an important message from our sponsors. Well, not sponsors per se, but it is time to pay the vet bills. Pet Parents Pod now has a website, PetParentsPod.com, where you can go and learn about all the different ways to support the podcast. We also have a Patreon now. There's a link to that as well, as along with all of our socials, a Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. It's going to be Patreon.com slash PetParentsPod. Anything and everything can help. We would appreciate your support. PetParentsPod.com also lists that we are a BarkBox affiliate, so any special offers that we have, which will be effective during certain date ranges that are listed, are going to be on that page. There's a link to BarkBox under the Ways to Support page on the website. We also want to remind everyone that regardless of whether other special offers are going on, anytime you subscribe to BarkBox using the link BarkBox.com slash PetParentsPod, you can get free extra month of BarkBox for your subscription. If you enjoy our content, spread the word, tell your friends and family that are also animal lovers. Now back to your regularly scheduled episode. I, I do have a hard time talking about familiars without talking about the witch trials because a lot of what most people know are through those Yeah, that's panics, where the, you know? the popular verbiage came from was you know, they, they use that term familiar specifically. The Christians use that specifically to say uh, this, uh, vector of the devil yeah, uh, to, to persecute. I um, mean, that's where I mean, the black the cat mything came a from. Serpent, mm-hmm. Not a friend, not mm-hmm. like a, you know, oh, what was it in Macbeth, right? Like, uh, yeah. what was the name of that creature? Grey Malkin? I think, yeah, I think that's right. It was like, I come very often because her cat, the familiar, summoned her because, Mm -hmm. you know, Macbeth is coming and, you know, I have an English degree. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know better than me. I, I wish I knew Macbeth. No, that was like basically when I did crochet research for this, the witch trials came up a lot, Macbeth came up, and then something on the Golden Compass thing came up, and I was like, okay, well. This is kind of what I thought. I thought there might be something more, which I I do like the international things you're talking about. That is interesting. I also, um, in some ways, it reminds me, like, just to go on to a a nerd tangent, uh, D&D has depending they do have familiar they do have familiar my first dnd character was a dwarf with a great dane familiar but it depends on the <laughs> class there's different things like for instance a druid class if they had a familiar they would have a summoning ritual mm-hmm. and you summon it and it's like temporal in some ways or it can change form like it's the same familiar but mm-hmm. channels through different forms um heath actually plays a ranger in one of the games we've played Beastmaster, and he Beastmaster. is a I like that That's he's cool. a Beastmaster subclass of a ranger and how that class works is you can technically summon a spirit from the air water fire or earth heath is a he mainly does it through one creature, which is Alistair, his wolf companion, yep. which wolf is a creature <laughs> of Earth. It's very useful. It mm-hmm. is. But, like, there's lots of interesting things that people, like, take from, I feel like, mythology and then do a very creative twist on it mm-hmm. to create more of what we, I think, as a general culture, think of familiars. Because I think if you think of, if you ask someone on the street, what do you think a witch is familiar? And it's like, ah, it's their spirit animal companion, their black cat, mm-hmm. or their animal companion, their raven. And it's, or like an owl. Or an owl. It's like, it's the idea of what, like, someone's real-life Pokemon is yeah. in some yeah. ways. And- yeah, I agree. But most people, when they think of familiar, they think of, like, I summon you Pikachu. Like, you know, it's... Yeah. it's... Let's go Pikachu. Pikachu was Ash's familiar. Yeah. For, sure. for real, though. <laughs> that, that little mouse never grew. Nope. And Ash never became older than nine. Well, you know... Well, was ten. ten. It was oh, ten. I'm sorry. My Also, bad. you do know the theory on that, right? I don't... There is I a did hear the stupid. Theory. There's a stupid theory that at the beginning of the anime, he saw Ho as his first oh, day. The ho- oh, that's right. And the Ho grants wishes, yeah. and his wish was, I basically, I want to be on a journey forever, and that's why he's immortal. And now, now he just wanders the earth for eternity, just forever nine. That's just ten. A ten, on ten. You are God, ten when God you go forbid. on your Pokemon journey, Kip. Yeah, you have to be ten years old to be able to go off and uh, I, fight animals. 
Except for all those younger <laughs> siblings. Tend that... to start cockfighting, okay? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Except for all the random younger siblings that joined the 10-year-olds on their journeys in the yeah. later seasons, but we're not going to talk about um, that. I did want to circle back around on another point. I just wanted to expand on something that, that April said. Okay, was, yeah. Um, about the totem animals, uh-huh. and um, I, I, I went. I have been loosely studying uh, First Nations cultures. Not it hasn't been super in depth, but but I have been curious about First Nations cultures, and the the concept of the totem animal was mostly a uh, Canadian First Nations tribe, specifically uh, a North western tribes although there were a few northeastern tribes that had uh totems as well um for the mainland u.s they had a a, i wouldn't even say that you could call it like a spirit animal connection it was it was a lot deeper than that okay that that i honestly haven't done enough research on to speak on but i just wanted to to kind of like uh uh i guess expand on that concept because i I honestly find all that super interesting i mean studying other cultures is super fascinating oral traditions are also it's really sad with oral tradition cultures because it's unless you have them active in process it's really hard to maintain them and that's really sad because that's a, a person's identity yeah it's also sad because we have um westernized our history mm-hmm. which means that we have lost a lot of the history of the place that we live mm-hmm. we all are living in first nations lands and i guess i feel a lot more strongly about that because i was raised to believe that i was like like most white people i was raised oh, to no. believe that i was part native and then did 23 and me and realized that i'm just a french asshole <laughs> you know? so, oh yes so. the family don't worry you have this percentage of blah 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 and yeah. you're like uh. yep you're french you're scottish which i'm very proud of that one i like that uh-huh. a lot um i'm i'm german and i'm Polish. I'm very proud of my Polish ancestry so as well. No, no Native American. No Native American whatsoever. And my cousin got it too. She also no Native American. Not a not oh, a not so a, so, a, so, a so you yeah, don't you don't have that great great grandmother you told you were told about. No, no. Uh, apparently a lot of kids back in the day used to run away from their parents and join tribes, but they w- never became Native themselves. Right. Just because kids could kids weren't in daycare. You just, they just ran around. That was just how it was back in the day. You yeah, you yeah. can't become it would just, yourself. Yeah. yeah. So that's I'm I think that's what Where happened with my grandmother because her grandfather did wear the garb and ride horses and stuff like that, but he was a white guy. Yeah, but, I um, mean, there's appropriation of yeah. any culture, especially during um, colonization periods, which. Yeah. Well, hello. Yeah. Hi. So I've been trying to like. I mean, if dig you join into... the tribe, it's a little different. But mm. yeah. anyway, I don't know if that's what happens. <laughs> no, I, anyway. I don't know either. Anyway, so it's all rumors. But, okay. Um, what is the? Or sorry, Kip, did you have something else? Okay. Then what is the next? What were we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about how. So sorry. <laughs> what I was gonna say, like, just like to add on, though, if you really want to look at like modern familiars as opposed to um like the historical like okay well that toad's a little too close to her burner yeah (laughs) um there are modern practices that witches will uh partake in to manifest a familiar or to link themselves to an animal um you have to basically Again, we come back to, this is one of those topics that's like, if I were talking to a new baby witch who's like, okay, this is what I believe, this is the path I want to follow, and I would like advice, and like, how do I go forth, it's, it's a little bit differently than talking to lay people who might not necessarily, like, buy into it and be like, okay, well. Yeah, you got to fight the skepticism get, just to get a word in exactly. edgewise. So, yeah. like, I'm, I'm like, keeping that in mind, but let's pretend that everybody in this conversation has done their year in a day. Yep, yep, <laughs> You've exactly. all done your year in a day. We're all in here together. And you're like, okay, um, I want to summon a familiar. I want that type of link. I've decided that I'm going to go forth and, and follow that path. Then 
you have to understand that you're linking yourself to manifesting an, a, a, a creature that is acting on your behalf in an extra realm. This is not a totem animal. Totem animals are their own thing, their own their own being, yep. with their own culture. This is you saying, okay, I'm going to create a supernatural entity that is going to assist me in the practice of magic. It is going to manifest in any form, sometimes an animal, but it can be, um, as long as it's like a defined three-dimensional form that you can visualize and have movement and sound, then that's a familiar metaphysical sense, which is why I personally don't think of pets as being familiars because pets are their own people. Like pets right. are their they own have mind. Their own soul. Yeah, exactly. April, and I have a question. By that yeah. definition of familiar, could your Roomba be a familiar? Oh my god. No. <laughs> okay, no. I'm just. It has a okay. three-dimensional form. It has sound it and movement. It does your bidding. Danielle, did you manifest it to travel back and forth? What if you bought it? it? Out of, you no, no, no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. In this, to do wait, wait, hang on. <laughs> hang on. What if you did your familiar manifestation? No, I know. Just hang on. <laughs> Stay with me for two seconds. Yep. So you did your manifestation. You did your form, your and day. you are your night and your day. And you're like, man, I really need something to help me do my bidding, get myself no. in mental order. And then you got a gift of a Roomba, which <laughs> fired forever. Damn. Oh my god. Okay. No reference. What? Give I'm... me the keys back. Okay, fine. I uh, I, I put my it's witch. It's funny, but no. Okay. I, I okay. Do... I have another sincere question along the okay. same vein. Okay. Could your familiar? And this is. The... I, I saw okay. Let me let me preface it with with an explanation. I saw a there, there's fairy culture, right? And I yes. saw a TikTok with uh, a woman who had a very convincing. I say very convincing because I'm an asshole. It was like a fire fairy, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know that that she recorded. And this wasn't like it wasn't like it was uh, some prop that she had done. It was like the soot from the flames of the wick were dancing in a human form. And I could see it was like this kinetic energy that looked very real. Like it looked, uh, what I'm trying to say is it looked very much like what I personally would consider to be a genuine fire fairy. Okay. So would something like that be like Calcifer from House Moving Castle? Be yeah, familiar? Well, so it, it's like a it's yes. like a flame. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, but I would it was say like a city flame. Yes. Yeah. Because if you look at if you look at Celtic folklore and mm -hmm. Celtic mythology, a lot of the Fae yeah. were also considered as part of that type of union. So if you're looking specifically in Fae tradition, and I, I just have experience Which is dangerous because, from what I hear. <laughs> uh, it is a choice mm -hmm. that a lot of people make. People also choose to go skydiving and get very <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's not a choice. You could go skydiving or you could go summon the Fae. Good luck. <laughs> we, we, love, we love old magic of another realm. Oh my gosh. My friend, I have another very, very good friend who's also in my circle. Different. This, this is a different person, but she works with the Fae. Yeah. And oh my I, god. God bless her. I, I mean, whatever bless her. And her... <laughs> And her spouse is a chaos mage. Oh, he, my lord. <laughs> they love each other so much. They're such a good couple. And every single time that they would come over to my house, something would break. Yes. Or I would have to chase shit out of my house. Um, <laughs> I would have things snap, and I'd be like, for F's sake. <laughs> I literally would text, would text her a picture of something broken and I'd be like, can you please tell your fucking friends to get the fuck out of my house when they come hang out with you? Because it always happened after they came over. And I remember one time I was literally, it was, this was in April of 2019. Mm -hmm. I remember I was doing a reading on a very important matter. Yep. And I got the answer. What? Well, and then out of my closet, a hanger fucking snapped in half, just popped across the room. And I Good yelled, Lord. God damn it, I didn't say you could come here. 
like I was mad. It's like I didn't need that like extra connection, and this is yeah. So okay, so yeah. To, anyway, to summarize, a, yes, a, a familiar, a familiar, yes, and in a lot of Celtic cultures, the cunning folk and the root workers in those traditions do consider the fae that they make bonds and uh, like commitments to as a type of entity that is acting as a servant, because you must keep in mind that familiar means servant. So if the entity is serving you, then yes. So that's why familiar... You can apply the term familiar to that. So the reason why you don't think pets are familiars is because they're not like... They, they're not here to serve. Sir, serve or exactly. they they're weren't companions. summoned. Okay. Exactly. And that's the but difference. I also want to preface that with that's my opinion. And a lot of witches, especially modern witches, will refer to their pets as familiars as a way of reclaiming the term familiar as a positive thing and to take away the stigma of, well, She's got an evil little de- entity that was sent by Satan to, you know, to, to identify her so that we can make her into uh, drowning blocks in a cage, you know? Because that's the other thing about, like, the witch trials. We weren't all burned. They didn't burn us most of the time. They no, drowned they- us or they hung us. There was also uh, the, the crushing of stone. That was, oh, it crushes that was Giles yeah. Corey was the one that, that yes, people say weight. was, was you know, more weight, and then he was, like, eventually crushed to death. Yeah, that, I will yeah. say that's a pretty badass dude. He's like, fuck you guys, add more rocks. Yeah, because he, 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 they told yeah. him to, like, either, I think it was, like, he, he was trying to, like, they were trying to get him to, like, testify Compels. against, yeah. so like, his wife, and he didn't want to do it more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listener, in yeah. the Salem Witch Trials, which happened in the United States, which were a series of, you know, hysteria that came out because of the specific lands that these people who were accused of owned. Uh, Giles Corey was a man. They tried to get him to confess to witchcraft. He refused to confess to witchcraft because he was not a witch. He was going to, like, you were basically going to pry it with his cold, dead hands. And so they pressed him to death by laying him out and putting heavier and heavier stones on top of him until he died. That, that is what they did. And his last words were supposedly more weight. And this was dramatized in the uh, stage play, The Crucible, mm-hmm. which was actually a metaphor for McCarthyism because witch hunts and witch trials that we see are usually from an authoritarian group of people after a group of people that they want to subjugate. And that is what witch trials generally are about. Not actually about what the person is doing. Okay, so we're going back. We're baby witches. We go, yeah, we did our year in a day. We're going to summon our familiar. And you were sick. Was there more to that statement other than that's why you don't think they are pets is because they are something you summon and make a pack or a bargain with? That's a service. And some sort of service. It's it's not something that you just like, okay, well, I want a familiar snap snap, you know, like you have to be thinking about, it's it's like anything to do with witchcraft. There are simple spells like, oh, I can't find something. I'm going to hold my fingers in a certain way and I'm going to repeat this saying until I find the thing I'm looking for, like little simple things, but like something big like manifesting like your inner temple, like where you go like in in your own mind to heal and to work out problems or um, manifesting a familiar, there's like steps. Like you want to know why do you need a familiar? Like what's your desire? What is it that you need a familiar to do for you? And then you have to like state the purpose. You have to state like, what are the limits of this? What is the timing of this? Like, what are you going to name this this connection? Do you name um, it? Is that actually a thing? Or would they, oh, since yeah, they're an entity? Well, no, I know okay. your names have power, but if they're an entity you're summoning in this theoretical idea, wouldn't they have a name? Or do you actually well, create it's that your name? your servant. 
so you are naming it because it is serving a purpose for you. So that name is going to matter for you. And maybe if you're not naming it, then that needs to be part of like your mindset around it. Hmm. Um, so it's kind of like a call, like not necessarily like, I know we're not comparing them to pets, but in some ways it's like, this is my heel spell. Okay, I'll, I'll give you an example. There's a book by, oh, hold on, let me look at my notes. There is a book by Damon Brands called Magical Servitors, okay. which outlines the details on like how to create. And let's see, you don't have to give it a name. It might every time you imagine a certain smell or a certain sound or a color, you know? Very names make things easier. Yeah. Because then it's easier to manifest exactly what you're looking for. And that's something, like, I tell people, like, if you're trying to manifest something, be specific. If you are asking for patience, then the world is going to throw circumstances in your way that force you to learn patience, you know? Um, yeah, that makes sense. You know, like, be specific if you want something, because the world, like, the universe has a way of creating circumstances for you to learn the lesson that you are trying to achieve. I do find that right. funny. Uh, if someone's asking to learn patience, it's like, well... You're going to have a struggle there, bud, because part <laughs> of learning patience is just be like, you just have to accept it as it is. Here, hold on. I found, I'm going to put in the, I'm going to DM you in Discord. That way you can like, if you want to link this to the notes, but um, yeah, you can, this is the book. Well, yeah, any I'm resources. Yeah, you can link me any resources you want yeah. to. That's fine. Um, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that like, I want to be clear, like, if someone's listening to this and they're like, well, I need me a familiar, you know, like, figure out why. Like, what, what's, that's something I tell a lot of baby witches, too. It's like, do you have to do spell work for that? Like, I'm a fan of spell work. Like, I do spell work all the time. I, I have a morning ritual where I have, like, a little house, house idol that I keep on my mantle, and I oh. fill a glass of water, and I light a candle, and I light a little incense, and I say, Thank you for keeping my house safe. And then we'll move on. Like, it takes me two seconds. It's like, you know, like dusting something or wiping something off. Like, you fill the water, you put it on, you know, if I find a cool rock that I think kind of looks like a house, I put it on there. I decorate the mantle and I make sure that my little house spirit lives on the mantle because that's, it makes me feel good. I'm like, oh, okay, like, you know, like I'm respecting my space, I'm respecting my house. Um, I love that. Yeah. I wish know. I could do that. <laughs> you know, like, I do have little, a, little small things. Yeah, I do have a small altar that I started that um, is supposed to be for the Green Tara, which is one of the Bodhisattvas in mm-hmm. um, in Mahayana Buddhism. Right. Um, and I've got you know I've got my my uh, brass Green Tara statue and my little uh, mantra, which mm-hmm. is actually the Healing Buddha mantra. It's not the Green Tara mantra, so I need I should probably fix that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, hold on. This is a huge sidebar that okay. has nothing to do with what we were talking Great. about. Good. Perfect. I just realized that I'm no longer taking my medication for the illness that I've had throughout the podcast. Uh-huh. I'm not on prednisone anymore. I'm not on anything. Right. Like, I'm better. I'm, oh. And now I'm oh. like, well, I was doing the healing Buddha mantra for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just maybe you do. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna be a warm and fuzzy Buddhist right now because that just made me realize nice. that maybe that did. Maybe that worked. But bringing it back around to the topic of the podcast, <laughs> I can. I can definitely see myself needing a familiar, like a turtle or a tortoise mm-hmm. familiar, mm-hmm. to to remind myself to slow down. Yeah. Being someone who struggles with ADHD and anxiety. Slowing down is the most valuable thing I can do. Mm-hmm. So, I, I 
I'm sure I need to do a lot more than to just think, man, I sure need one of those. But like, you know, I will say yeah. it's very interesting because I had another friend. This is one of my mall friends. They were Wicca. They were a very interesting person. They were um, like from the Massachusetts area. They moved down here. A weird like mix. I think their background's like Judaism and they're Wiccan now. Mm. And uh, they always claim they were sensitive of like sight in some ways. Mm. And uh, they claim they could see like people's spirit animals or things like that, which yeah. whatever that means, I'm not going to give a definition because this, I would I, say animal and, and April, you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I think spirit animal is a very clean, universal a Western uh, 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 way of referencing it, aside from familiar, wouldn't you say? No. Okay. Right. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Okay. Um, because spirit animal is a term that indigenous folks have specifically yeah. asked people not, not to use. Oh, they was, did? They yeah, this is, yeah. Okay. this is yeah. also... Okay. I didn't know if they had this their was, own term. This I was long ago. <laughs> I will say this is long ago, back when I was in college when I knew this person. So mm. I don't know if they even use that terming anymore. Mm. But anyway, they're... Because out of curiosity, I am a skeptic. My denomination is atheism nice atheism i like the spiritual stuff because it's fun i love the spiritual i I think it's interesting and fun it's a fun thought exercise for me personally Mm. i like doing ghost tours and things like that because it's fun fun. and there's normally stories of history in there and it's interesting to try to get in the mindset of uh these ideas but they claim that mine was a weird combo animal of like a bird on a turtle that makes sense and You're I'm like, totally a turtle bird. And I'm like, uh, no, it was two a bird on, on a turtle, turtle like yeah. a bird that could. I don't know, like their definition of it is like they. I have a reach in an adventure where I could like have pretty good read of things around me, mm-hmm. but I always had the turtle slowing me down. Um. As like, I think it was a metaphor because a lot of this, I think, deals with like weird psychology and reading, like April said, flavors spicy psychology. Spicy so psychology. I've always been someone who's pretty observant about things around me, and I'm a patient person. So this could be also a manifestation for this person to explain my personality to me, which makes the most sense for me and the way things like that work. But anyway, that's I, not. Go ahead. I, I just. The reason I want to bring this up is because we have to keep in mind, in the United States, um, indigenous cultures and First Nation peoples were demonized and yes. like, yeah. I'm not- genocided, and they are there. There's hundreds of clans of native folks that are, have struggled to like maintain mm-hmm. their, their own culture. cultures, yeah, and spirit animal has become a facebook meme like yeah. some teenager yeah like, is flopping on the ground it's like oh a cat is a spirit animal because they're just uh, sleep a lot like me and that's just really disrespectful yeah because it goes into this time when it, it takes this concept which folks were literally beaten and killed like is like, look at what's happened in canada where they found like all these Indigenous children in these schools, in these residential schools, these children would be beaten if they used their own language. Yeah. They would be killed um, for following the religion of their cultures and their ancestors. And it takes the term spirit animal, it it, it makes it into a meme. Yeah. And it's why in a lot of cultures, not to get on a soapbox, but it's why I tell baby witches and like be careful of what you are what you are using and make sure you know the background for what you are doing and that's why when we started the podcast I was very specific like hey I follow this specific group it came from this specific person it came from this tradition mm-hmm. because with the witch talking of uh, of this religion it's become popular yeah. Yeah. it's so crazy to me because when we were kids when I was 16 in the you know early aughts i could not find a deck of tarot cards without getting my ass beat you know like i had to hide all of my paraphernalia i had to hide all of my books i had to hide 
so many things I lied my ass off about what I really believed because it wasn't safe. I was not safe to come out. And now it's become popular. It's become like trendy. It's become a song and dance routine, you know? Right. So <laughs> I, I just, I, I urge people like there are tons of open areas within European backgrounds and histories. We were talking earlier, like, how we've lost our culture. Mm. And I believe you're absolutely right. I believe that um, white nationalism has completely erased so oh, many yeah. parts of Slavic culture, Frankish culture, French culture. Heathenism. Like, huge. Heathenism huge. has, has yeah. animal... Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what you would call it. Animal... Uh, Worship? Creatures. Yeah, familiars. Yeah, familiars. Yeah. Yeah. And Norse heathenism. Yeah. Mainly, I wasn't telling that story to say like, "Oh, this is true." It was just it tied into what Kip said and was experience yeah. I had with someone. And like I said, this was over over ten years oh, ago. Oh yeah, no, yeah, and that's yeah. fine, and I understand it. I just yeah. am making the point like, if I'm gonna be, if I'm gonna be speaking on the matter, um, I have a, I have friends like. I've, I've talked about it before on the podcast that like, one of my side jobs is I'm a professional tarot reader. Mm-hmm. I've done shows with folks who do hoodoo and voodoo and root work, and they have actual ancestral traditions. Um, one of my oh, yeah. other good friends, not the one I quoted, but one of my other good friends is a traveler, like Romani traveler from yeah. Mississippi, and he has his entire, you know, he's had a lot he's had to deal with because of the issues within his culture, within, like, the culture he was born into, and, like, his own practices, there's a lot of folks who don't do the work, and they don't do the research, and they think just because they find it empowering, because they have a personal connection with it, that they own something with it. And I'm not trying to gatekeep. I'm not sitting here trying to say, oh, you can only do this if you're, you know, good enough ABC, but we have a plethora of folks who are not doing the research and yeah. they're seeing some little girl do a 15 seconds um, spell bottle on TikTok and then using it and then getting into trouble and then not being cognizant of the traditions that they're stepping into. You know, they're, 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 they're trying to yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, understanding it's appropriation. That. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're talking, or yes. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to say that you know, and and TikTok is the modern manifestation of that. But being yeah. all millennials here, we know that that um, uh, traditions like that have been diluted for a very long time. Yeah, remember in the nineties where people yeah. were like dream catchers, like you know, oh, it was yeah. just like absolutely, it's, it's staging. Those are still totally. sold at flea markets. Yeah, yeah they're, I, it, that's oh, Lakota yeah. dream catchers. So, are Lakota. so and, like, and we discussed <laughs> this a bit on the episode about appropriation and about how like uh, verbs and verbiages change their history. Yeah, and yeah. lots of disclaimers. We just need to get better. It, anyway, so, um, as humanity, we need to continue to do better. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, is there any but more things? To
we have nailed this I is concise. Like, this was a really fun topic, and this is not an area I've gotten to, like, really discuss, so I really appreciate you guys giving me, like, an air and time to, like, hang out with awesome people who I love and respect and mm. just discuss this because it's a cool time of year and it's a cool thing to think about, it's you spooky know? spooky season. Yeah, it <laughs> is the spooky. Season. It's the start of our spooky season. Yeah. And it's I'm like so else. jealous. Oh, I don't know how many people watch, like, y'all's Instagram, but I'm so jealous of the ginormous spider. Yes. That y'all on Instagram. That was the coolest thing yes. I'd ever glorious. seen. Well, Once we get lights on her, we'll, we'll send some better pictures. Yeah. She's in the I yard now. I can't wait now. to see it outside, all lit up and stuff. It's going to look yeah. awesome. Yeah. But I was even telling Danny and Heath when I heard that this topic was coming up that I was super excited to have you on and and, yeah. and, and, and to be educated. I'm going to be educated. I think we did a great job. We were very concise. We stayed on topic. It was very clear what we were discussing at at all times. And we've given you a comprehensive history and modern day take on familiars. So a good jumping off point. Yeah. For, for a, a, a continued journey of yes. education for people who are interested. April, do you want to give huh? where people can find you? Oh, or sorry. Yes, you can find me on Instagram at Mojo My Moon Sage, all one word. Mm-hmm. And I'm on Facebook with, um, I'm also Moon Sage on Facebook. I think it's Readings by Moon Sage on Facebook if you want a tarot reading. Come hit me up. This is my busy time of the year. Also, um, this episode comes out at the beginning of the month. If you are going to be at AWA, I will be at Witchy Wishes booth in Atlanta. So I will also be there. So if anybody is is listening and is also going to AWA at the end of the month, that is where I'm spending my Halloween. It's working for my friend and her booth at Witchy Wish. So I'll give Danielle those links to put in the show notes. Cool. Awesome. And Heath, where can people find us during the spooky season? They can, well, at any time. No, only spooky season. Only, okay. yep, we're shutting it down after October. <laughs> that, that's not accurate. Anyway, so you can find us on petparentspod.com, also Instagram, Facebook, and Discord. You can email us at petparentspod at gmail.com. Uh, we also do have a Patreon. Uh, I always forget to mention that. Uh, we have well, we have an ad for it in the middle of our that's podcast. It's, it's, every that's podcast, no, listen true. for the interruption and the jingle. Past Heath remembers to mention it, so it's fine. Or the meowing because I took the bells out. The bells were painful. I, I took them out. I have a meow. <laughs> I literally have a sound that says no bells. No bells. Yeah, because I just. No bells. Yeah, that's how I saved the file. Is I have the bells copy mm. and I have the no bells. I love it. Everyone it's the meows. This, this uh, backstage. Well, what it was is the sound effect came from one of the cats walking across the mic, and so it was like... It was from their collar. It was was from their collars, and I thought it sounded cool, and it was also like I caught meows on that recording, so I just like reverbed it, and that's what the sound effect is. Nice. Anyway, uh, tell your friends and family who like animals about us. Yeah. Yes. Enjoy the spooky season, you bitches. As always, we will continue to get better. Good luck with your hopes and dreams. Goodbye. Bye.